your Bibles tonight, if you will, please. And I want to try to give you something from God's Word this evening. Genesis chapter 21 in your Bibles. Genesis chapter 21. We have been uh, talking the last little bit. We've been talking about Israel and brought several messages on Israel. And so because of that, we've been camping out a little bit in uh, Genesis. And we've been uh, studying a little bit around Abraham. And boy, I'll tell you what, the Lord is just, uh, man, the Lord's just been giving me some wonderful content, and I want to try to see if I can share some of that with you tonight, maybe even Sunday, just a little bit. And so Genesis chapter 21 in your Bibles, and when you find your place, if you're able to stand, let's stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word. We're just going to read three verses tonight, I'll let you sit back down, and we'll pray and jump right into the Bible study tonight. Genesis 21 And verse 1, the Bible says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Again, that's such an important verse there. And the Lord visited Sarah, notice the words, as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah, notice these words, as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived, And bear Abraham a son in his old age, and this is the phrase that I'm interested in, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. But I want to draw your attention to verse number 2 tonight, where the Bible says, at the set time. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight, and maybe even a little bit on Sunday. And uh, now we're going to, every Sunday, I think we're going to end our biblical prophecy month, and it goes on one more Sunday. And uh, and so we are going to carry that on, looks like at least we're going to carry that on at least one more Sunday. And so I'm going to be bringing another message on biblical prophecy, but uh, also probably we're going to be talking about God's set time once again. And, and I, you'll know a little, you'll understand that a little bit better here in just a minute. So you can have a seat. Let me go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll jump right into this Bible study tonight. Father, we love you. Thank you for the, the uh, great time we've had together tonight during the song service. And, Lord, we, we appreciate the practice, the prayer, the preparation that went into that. And now, Lord, I pray, Lord, as we've prayed, we've sang, we've praised, Lord, we've Pray for our missionaries. Lord, we've received an offering. Lord, we've been involved in worship. And God, we've tried to worship you in spirit. And now, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to worship you in truth. And I pray that the, that, that the precious word of God that we hold in our hand or our lap tonight, I pray, God, that it would literally come alive in our hearts and our minds. Forgive us, Lord, and forgive me for anything that could even begin to be a hindrance. And I pray that the Spirit of God would work mightily here tonight. Lord, I understand that our people are weary. They've worked hard, (coughs) a long, hard day. And so I pray right now, supernaturally, that you would give them what they need to sit up and to listen and to glean something from from this holy and wonderful and supernatural book that we have this evening. Bless our discussion, Lord, please. And we pray that Jesus will be glorified and that he'll be pleased from it all. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. It's here in Genesis chapter 21, God promises to bless Abraham and Sarah with a child. Did you notice this, though, when we read what we read tonight? 
we notice that God doesn't originally disclose a set time that he's going to do that. Now, to look into that just a little bit more further, I want, I want you to, to turn back a few pages and look at Genesis 15 in your Bibles. Genesis 15, Genesis 21 is sort of the synopsis. Genesis 15 is the actual story. And, uh, and Genesis 15 gives us a little bit more detail here. Genesis 15 verse 1, the Bible says, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came in him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. In other words, that servant in your house is not going to be your heir. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars. In other words, number the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. So God comes to Abraham and he promises Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to give you an heir. I'm going to give you and Sarah a son. I'm going to do it. Just as sure as I'm here, I'm going to do it. And your seed is going to be like the stars of heaven. I mean, there are going to be so many, so vast, it's going to be like the stars of heaven. But we notice here that God, in Genesis 15, God doesn't necessarily give Abraham the exact time that he's going to do that. Well, we know the story, and that's a different message, but we know the story. Abraham gets a little impatient, and he decides to take matters into his own hands and, uh, and uh, goes into a, a little Egyptian handmaid by the name of Hagar and bears a son by the name of Ishmael. And, of course, that's exactly why we're having the problems that we're having today. And what you're seeing unfold on the news is because of that relationship that Abraham had with that little Egyptian Hagar. All these years later, uh, that problem is still going on in the Middle East. But what I want you to understand is this. God had a perfect plan. And God had a set time. Now, originally, he didn't tell Abraham what it was. He just said, Abraham, this is the plan. I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give you and, you and Sarah a son. I know you're childless. I know you're barren. But I'm going to give you a son. And your, your generations are, are going to become like the, the, like the stars of heaven and the sand of the sea. Uh, and, and God had a set time, but he didn't necessarily let Abraham know that. Now, I want to show you that if I could. Turn over a couple pages again. Genesis 17. Genesis 17. And look, if you will, at verse number 15. The Bible says, Genesis 17, verse 15, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born in him that is a hundred years old? Now wait a minute, back when God came to Abram, and said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. Abraham was in his 80s. And now we find that Abraham's 100 years old. And so Abraham says to the Lord, Lord, this, this is not possible. This is not, a, this is not a possibility. Verse 17, then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born in him that is 100 years old? And shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, oh, that Ishmael, 
might live before thee. And we brought this out in our Sunday school class. But again, here Abraham is trying to help God out. God, I understand what you're wanting to do, but this isn't possible. And God says, listen, Abraham, with you it's not possible, but me, it is possible. And even after that, Abraham tries to help the Lord. And he says, well, maybe Ishmael. Maybe, maybe, maybe our hope is in Ishmael. And look what God says in verse 19. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. And, and with his seed after him. Skip down to verse number 21. Here it is, verse 21. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac. Look at this line. Which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. And he left off talking with him and God went up from Abraham. You know what God is saying, Abraham? I've got a perfect plan. Now, I didn't tell you all the details, but I had a perfect plan. From the very get-go, I had a perfect plan. I had a set time that, that Sarah was going to give birth to Isaac. Now, for, folks, I want you to know something. God also has a plan for you. And God has a set time for you. Now, here's our problem. Here's our problem a lot of times. We get impatient, just like Abraham. Abraham's a picture of us. And we become impatient. We pray about something and we say, God, I need this. And, and, and God, you know, God answers. And God says, you know what, I want to take care of you. I'm going to meet your needs. Uh, and we pray about that, that thing, but we get impatient. And we, sometimes we give up on God. And sometimes we get bitter at God. And sometimes we, we get a little angry at God. But here's what I want to tell you tonight. Wait on the Lord. And trust the Lord because the Lord has a perfect plan and the Lord has a set time that he plans to carry out his plan. Now, there are three things that the Lord spoke to me about and uh, three things. I'm going to give you the three, but just give you one of those points tonight. Number one, I wrote this down. The Lord has a set time for the physical years of our life. Did you know that? Number two, the Lord has a set time For his own personal return. Number three, the Lord has a set time for when he answers our prayerful petitions. Now, Lord willing, we're going to get into all of those. But just tonight, I'm going to give you one. Aren't you glad? Amen. I'm just going to give you one. Let's talk about that one for just a little while tonight, though, if we can. How about this? Number one, the Lord has a set time for the physical years of our life. Take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 9 in your Bibles. Hebrews chapter 9. And look, if you will, at verse number 27 with me this evening. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 27. God has a set time for a number of things. Part of that is he has a set time for the physical years of our life. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 27. The Bible says, and as it is appointed, notice the word, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Uh, it is appointed unto you that you and I have a date with death. Did you know that? It is appointed unto men once to die. It's the Greek word apokimai. And it means this, it means to be laid away. Have you ever done this, you ladies? You ever done this? You ever went somewhere and you put someone on a layaway program? 
You know what that you, you know what you did, what you were saying when you did that? You you put that thing in layaway. Maybe it was Christmas time and you went down to Walmart or or you went down to uh, uh, you know a, a department store and you you got something and maybe you put a little bit of money down on it and you put it in layaway. And basically what you were saying was this there is a set time I'm gonna pay on that thing, and there's a set time I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna get that out of layaway. That's what that means. Well, the word appointed in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 is the same idea. It means lay away uh, in much the same way. Our life has been placed on a layaway plan. In other words, God knows, just like you know, uh, you're going to go back and get that thing out of layaway at a certain time. Or the business says, listen, you have until, you have until December the 20th to get this out of layaway. If you don't get it out of layaway, it's going to go back. Did you know that God has your life on a layaway plan? He knows exactly how long you have to live. He knows exactly when the last day of your life is going to be. Now you say, preacher, that's sort of morbid. No, it's not morbid, but it is realistic. Now I want to show you what I'm talking about tonight. And we are going to use our Bibles a little bit this evening. But I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 90. And I want to show you God's layaway plan for your life. Psalm chapter 90. And look, if you will, at verse number 10. Psalm chapter 90 and verse number 10. Look, if you will, at verse number 10. The Bible says the days of our years are three score years and 10. Now that's 70, 70 years. That's what the Lord is saying. The days of our years are three score years and 10. Uh, and if, notice the words, and if, in other words, occasionally there are going to be some that are going to live past that. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, 80 years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. Look at what he says in verse 12. So, since we know these things, he said, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Now, church, learn a good lesson right here. You know what God is saying? We, we, you and I, we have a certain amount of days that God has given us on this layaway plan, and uh, we better be good stewards of it. That's what he's saying. Since we know that, since we know we've got about 70, 80 years, and then occasionally there are some who live past that, God's saying, since you know these things, you better make sure that you number your days. Now, what does that mean? Number your days. Hey, kids, look up here just a minute. Let me, let me try to help you. My wife and I, we, we, we took this vase and we filled it up with some stones before I came to church tonight. And, and I put, uh, uh, you know what, just for good measure, I put 90. I put 90 stones in there, amen. And uh, if the Lord tarries his coming, I'm planning on living just a little while. And, and so I put 90. I'm, each of these stones is going to represent a year, a year. Now, look up here. Young people, look up here because I want you to get this. I am, your preacher is 56 years old. So, if I start taking out 56 of these stones... Now, I just want you to understand something. I have a lot less time on my hands than I did before. Now, there's some of you young people here tonight, your vase is full. 
you're just getting started. Some of you are tonight are 15, 16, 17, 18, 20 years old. You've got your whole life in front of you. And this is what the Bible is teaching us. What you better do right now is you better number your days. You better understand that you only have a certain amount of time. We think we've probably got 70, maybe 80. Maybe there are going to be a few that are going to live past that. But, uh, but this is what the Bible is saying. We better know something that we're mortal and our days are limited and God knows that. And so the days that we have, listen, you know what? Man, my vase is, my vase is getting more empty. You know what that means, church? That means I better get busy right now. I don't have any time to waste. Man, I, and, and boy, how many know this? You can't get those years back. Boy, wouldn't that be great if you could, if you could get some of, those, some of those years back? Wouldn't that be great, man, if you could sort of push the rewind button, but you can't? John Christian said that life is the art of drawing without an eraser. And so I understand something. Man, part of my life is gone. Over half of my life is gone. And if I'm going to make a difference for the cause of Christ, you know what? I better get busy right now. I better do it right now. Now, this is interesting. God knows the set time but purposely keeps that information from you. Now, we won't go there tonight for the sake of time. But I did, you know, I'm thinking about set times, I'm thinking about life, and I'm thinking about, you know what, we don't know. You know, there were a few folks in the Bible who did know. How many remember the story of Hezekiah? King Hezekiah. We won't go there tonight for the sake of time, but it's 2 Kings chapter 20 if you're keeping notes. And the Bible says that King Hezekiah was sick unto death. And the Bible says that God came to the prophet Isaiah and said, Isaiah, I want you to go to the palace. I want you to go to the king. And, and Isaiah walked into the chamber of the king. And here, here Hezekiah is, and he's laying on the bed. He's sick. And Hezekiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah doesn't come with good news. He says, set thine house in order, for thou shalt. Surely die. Son, you're getting ready to kick the bucket. I mean, that's what he told him. You're getting ready to die. You better set your house in order. You're getting ready to die. Now, you know the story. The Bible says Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed and he cried. And before Isaiah was able to get out of the palace, the Holy Spirit came and he said, turn around and go back and give him a message. Tell him I've extended his life 15 years. And so Hezekiah, I thought about another king by the name of Belshazzar. Y'all remember that, uh, remember that story in Daniel chapter 5? The Bible says that Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar's son, got the vessels of the house of, the, uh, of God and brought those vessels to a party and they began to drink wine and alcohol out of those sacred vessels. And the Bible says that the fingers of a man's hand began to write on the wall. And nobody could, nobody could decipher what the message was except Daniel. And, and they called for Daniel, and Daniel began to, Daniel began to, to decipher the message. And basically, he said this. He said that thou art found, thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. And the Bible says that night, Belshazzar met with death. I thought about the rich farmer in Luke chapter 12. Remember that story? We had a speaker who just preached on that not long ago. The Bible says he was so prosperous and he, and he, he said, man, I don't, I don't have anywhere to put all my goods. And so he said, I'm going to tear my barns down and I'm going to build bigger barns and I'm going to put all my, my goods in those bigger barns and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to take my ease and I'm going to just, uh, you know what, just relax the rest of my life. And the Bible says the Lord said, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. 
And so there were some people who knew what their set time was. Now, I believe we learned some things from this passage, and, and I want to give you a couple of those, uh, a few of those thoughts here tonight. Number one, I wrote this down. God has, and isn't this interesting? God has given awareness to humans concerning death. Now, take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to, uh, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, which is, a, which is a passage that Benjamin Netanyahu used just in the last day or two. He quoted in a, in a, a press conference. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And verse number 1, the Bible says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Look what he says in verse 2, a time to be what? A time to be born and also a time to what? A time to die. There is a time to die. Isn't it interesting that human beings are the only part of God's creation who have an awareness of death? Now think about that. You think about these little insects that are crawling along the, 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 the road or crawling, you know, crawling on the wall. That little insect has no awareness of death. Even, even your, listen, even your pet, even that dog at the house that you love so much or that cat or, I don't know anybody can love a cat, but anyway, uh, uh, you know, that gerbil or, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. Now think about it. Those, those creations, God has made those creations, but but human beings, human beings are the only part of God's creation that has an awareness of death. Isn't it interesting? The Holstein cow. You never see a Holstein cow biting on his hooves out in the field. Saying, oh my, I think I'm getting ready to die. He has no clue. He's not, he's not the least bit concerned about death. It's not even his, in his way of thinking. A horse or whatever the case, the, the, the animal kingdom. They have no awareness. And yet God made you and I. And listen, how many know this? If God created you, God, had cre- God could have created you any way he wanted to. But God created you and I with an awareness that yes, we have life. But God has also created us with awareness. Death's coming. Death is coming. God has given us that awareness. Which is exactly why some songwriters wrote Specific lyrics to songs. Albert Brumley in 1929 wrote these words. Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. You know why? Albert Brumley knew something. Death is coming. That's why Jim Hill wrote these words. What a day that will be. When my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand. And leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Why did, he, why did Jim Hill write that? Because Jim Hill was aware of death. It's why Bill Gates wrote the word, and then one day, and then one day I'll cross the river. I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory, and I'll know he reigns. Now, again, I don't, I don't know if that point's going to change your life, but I, I just, the Lord showed that to me, and I got to thinking about that, and that is so true. We have, Miss Tammy's, we have our little dog at home, Callie, you know, at home, she weighs about four pounds soaking wet, maybe. I don't know if she weighs that much. And she's a good little dog. She's smart as a whip. But, you know, Callie doesn't have the faintest clue about death. It's not even, it's not even on the radar for her. 
And yet God has created you and I with an awareness not only of life, but God has created us with an awareness of death. And not only has he created us with that awareness, but he has warned us and he's cautioned us. And he said, listen, you better understand something. Death is coming and you better number your days. You better number your days. And so God has given awareness to humans concerning death. But look at this right here. Number next is this. God has not given awareness to humans concerning the set time of death. Again, I just, I, you know, I just, I don't know if this, I, I just thought this was interesting. That God does give us awareness that we're going to die, but he does not give us awareness of the set time of death. Now that teaches us several lessons and we'll be done. Number one is this. Since we don't know the set time, don't worry. You don't know that, listen, since you don't know the set time, don't worry about it. And boy, there are some people that are just terrified of dying. You know some of them, don't you? I mean, they, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about life insurance. They don't want to talk about funerals. Man, I know some folks, listen, I mean, won't even hardly darken the door of a funeral home, don't want to go to the hospital because they are so terrified of dying. In fact, I didn't even know this, but that is such a thing that they have diagnosed it. It's called thanatophobia. Thanatophobia. People are so afraid of dying that they have a, a diagnosis. And they said about these people that they don't even want to leave their house. They're so afraid of dying, they don't want to leave their house. They don't want to get involved in daily activities. They're afraid they're going to get a germ. They're afraid they're going to get contaminated. They said these people are, are severely depressed and they have, they have panic attacks. Listen to me. There's nothing you can do or I can do to delay that day. And so the, 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 the truth of the matter is, don't worry about it. You have no control over it and neither do I. So don't worry. God has all that in his perfect plan. And so, you know what? If somebody makes it to 90, hallelujah. But truth of the matter is, those who think they're going to make it to 90, you may not make it to 19. God has a set time. God has a set time. And our Bible teaches this, that when that time of death comes, there's no putting it off. Now, I don't know where I had you turn last, but I want you to turn back to the book of Ecclesiastes if you've turned away from that. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. And look at verse number 7 with me. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse number 7 concerning this thing of death. Boy, there are some people who wish these verses weren't in the Word of God. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 7. The preacher said it like this, For he knoweth not that which shall be, for who can tell him when it shall be? Look at verse 8. There is no man that hath power over the Spirit to retain the Spirit. Neither hath he power in the day of death. And there is no discharge in that war. Neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. In other words, God said, listen, you've got an appointed time. I've got an appointed time. And friend, listen, when that appointed time comes, nothing you can do about it. And for that matter, there's nothing the finest doctor in North Carolina can do about it. And you can go to Duke or you can go to 
to a Cleveland Clinic, or you can go to Mayo, or you, I mean, I'm just, listen, this, this is all I'm saying now. Are we to be careless? No, we're not to be careless. This is the, the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we're to, we're to make sure that we care for these temples, and we're to make sure that we take good care of these temples the best that we can, but this is what I'm saying. When death comes, there's not one solitary thing that you, can, you and I can do to keep it from coming, and so since we know that, don't worry. Don't worry about it, but there's something else. Since we don't know the time, we need not worry. But since we don't know the set time, we better get serious about working. I mean, we better, listen, we better get with it. Listen to what Jesus said. Uh, the Holy Spirit said in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 29, But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that, that both they that have wives be as though they had none. And they that weep as though they wept not. And they that rejoice as though they rejoice not. And they that buy as though they possess not. And they that use this world as not abusing it. For the fashion of this world passeth away. The Lord is saying this, time is short. Time is short. Listen, church, I, I don't know how many more Sundays I've got to preach the word. And so that means this, I've got to do the best I can while I can. I hope I'll be here in several years, but I don't know I'll be here in several years. And so that's why every single time I mount this pulpit, by the grace of Almighty God, I plan on giving it my absolute best. Why? Because I don't know how much time I've got left. By the way, neither do you. And that's for all those people who say, well, preacher, one of these days, man, I mean, I've heard that and heard that until it rings in my head. Preacher, one of these days, boy, I'm telling you, one of these days we're going to get busy. One of these days we're going to get right. One of these days we're going to get serious. One of these days we're really going to get in there. Hey, what if you don't have one of these days? We don't know how much time we've got. Listen, realistically speaking, you say, wow, preacher, this is depressing. It's not depressing. It's realistic. We don't know if we've got another year. And since we don't know, listen, God has given us the awareness of death. But he has not given us the awareness of when death's going to come. So what does that mean? We don't know when it's coming, so we've got to get busy. Man, we've got to get working. We've got, to, we've got to be dedicated. Take your Bibles, turn to James chapter 4. We're almost done. James chapter 4. And look, if you will, at verse number 13. And look what James says about this subject. James chapter 4 and verse number 13. James says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Verse 14, James 4, 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. God says, you don't know how much time you've got. You better make use of the time that you have. Hey, church, listen. Let's get dedicated. If we've ever been dedicated, if we've ever sold out to Jesus, let's sell out now. Why? We don't know how much time we've got. And if you're here tonight, you say, preacher, I'm healthy. Well, you don't know how healthy you are. You think you're healthy, you might be sick tomorrow. But wait a minute. If you are healthy, Jesus may come. And with everything that's going on in our world, I'd say it's sooner than later. 
And so, uh, again, this is, this is all I'm saying. Because we don't know the set time, don't worry. Because we don't know the set time, we had better work. But let me give you this last thought here tonight. How about this? Whatever the set time of death is, it's going to be wonderful for the believer. I don't know when it is, but it's going to be wonderful. You say, preacher, how can you not worry? Does it not bother you to go to funeral homes all the time? Don't bother me. Does it not bother you to go to hospitals and visit people that are sick and sometimes they have cancer and sometimes they're close to death? Well, I mean, it bothers me because I'm burdened about them, but as far as going to the funeral home, that doesn't bother me. Seeing somebody close to death doesn't bother me. You know why? Because I know something. I've got an appointment just like them. I'm not going to miss it. It's coming for me. And by the way, it's coming for you. Hey, young person, it's coming for you. Death's coming for you. And it might be sooner than you think. And so because of that, listen, we ought to work, but we understand something, that when it does come, it's going to be wonderful. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm, if you will, the book of Psalm, Psalm chapter 116. And look at verse number 15, Psalm 116 and verse number 15. Look what our Bible tells us here. And this is an interesting verse here. Proverbs 1, I'm sorry, Psalms. Psalms 116 and verse 15. In fact, why don't we we read this together tonight? Psalm 116 and verse 15. Ready? Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. What? Why would the Lord say something like that? You know why? Because it's precious. And that word precious there, it means splendid. It means highly valued. I I don't know, I don't understand all that, but I know this. If the Bible says it, I believe it. And God says when that day finally does come, I can tell you something. It's going to be a highly valued day. Now, church, listen to me. We've got an appointment. It's coming. God's got a set time. It's not like God's in heaven saying, you know, I don't know when they're going to kick the bucket. No, he knows. He knows exactly when, what day, what time. He, know how, he knows how it's going to be. He knows. It's a set time. But here's the great thing. God's in control. And God's got a perfect plan. And when God executes that perfect plan, got good news, he's going to give you the perfect grace to go with that perfect plan. There was a fella that was in the church. And he passed away. And he loved the Lord. Man, he loved the Lord. Well, this, this father passed away, and, and the daughter reached out to the, to the pastor, and she said, Preacher, said, just want to let you know. said, Daddy, Daddy passed away. We found Dad. said he passed away. and said, uh, we, we want you to come. And so sure enough, the pastor and his wife got ready, and they drove over to the house. And, and of course, family members were there, and people were there. And, uh, and they were just going to stay there and meet with the family for a little bit. And you notice there were two rockers, two, two rocking chairs that were sitting there uh, in the house. And, and as he was getting ready to meet with the, with the family, he just got ready to, to sit down. And one, when he got ready to sit down, the daughter, she caught him abruptly before he sat down. She said, no, 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 preacher. Don't sit there. And he jumped up. Man, he thought, mercy, he thought something was in the chair or something. The chair was empty. And and uh, she said, preacher, don't sit there. Don't sit there. And this is what she said. She said, that's Jesus' chair. And he said, excuse me? And she said, preacher, that right there, that's Jesus' chair. She said, let me explain. 
She said, my dad had a really, really hard time praying on his knees. He'd fall asleep. He'd get on his knees. He'd fall asleep. And he wanted to walk with the Lord, and he wanted to spend some time with the Lord in prayer. So he wanted to come up with some kind of a plan. So this is what he did. He went down to the, down to the local hardware store and said he bought him two rocking chairs. And one was his rocker, and the others was Jesus' rocker. And he said, he said some, she said, sometimes, preacher, she said for hours, she said, Daddy would sit in his rocking chair, and he'd just rock, and, and he could see Jesus right there in that other rocking chair, and he'd just rock, and he'd just talk to the Lord. And, man, he said they had, they had sweet fellowship, and, I mean, he was so close to the Lord. And, uh, and so she said, preacher, I didn't mean to scare you. She said, but that's, nobody sits in that chair right there. It's Jesus' chair. And he said, oh, I understand. She said, Pastor, he said, you know what? She said, it was interesting. She said, when we found Dad, we knocked on the door. We called him. We wouldn't answer. And we got concerned. And so we drove over to the house. We knocked on the door, knocked on the door, and he wouldn't come to the door. And finally, we had to, you know, we had to make our way into the door. And, and, and she said, Preacher, she said, when we found Dad, he was in his rocking chair. And she said he was sitting there in his rocker. And she said he had his hand draped over the arm of the other rocker. And said it was almost like when daddy went to heaven, it was like Jesus reached over and said, Pop, you ready? And he said, I'm ready. And she said it's like Jesus reached over and got him by the hand and said, let's go home. Now, church, we have an appointment. Here's the great thing about that appointment. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, you're just changing addresses. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be splendid. It's going to be highly valued. And so thank God we can look forward. We don't, we don't listen. Isn't this great? We don't have to dread death. We can look forward to death. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads with me? I want to ask you a question. How many stones... Do you have left in your veins? How much time do you have left? Well, the truth of the matter is we don't know. We know that death is coming. We just don't know when it's coming. And you know what that means? That means that church, we had better jump in with both feet and serve God with all of our heart and soul and mind and body while we can. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure that I'm saved and going to heaven when I die. Boy, tonight would be a great night to give your heart to Christ. If you're here tonight and you are saved, tonight would be a great night to just rededicate your life to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know how much time I've got left, but I know one thing. Whatever years I have left, I want to make them count. Man, I want to serve. I want to be dedicated. I want to make a difference for the, for the kingdom. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand all over the house tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed? And if God has spoken to your heart tonight about anything, any decision at all, why don't you slip out tonight and make your way down to this altar and just do business with the Lord? Will you come while we wait?
tonight you'd say, preacher, I just want to, I don't know how much time I've got. But whatever time I have, I'm dedicating, I'm dedicating it to Christ. Pastor, I got out of church for a lot of years. I didn't mean to let that happen. But by the grace of God, it'll never happen again. I don't know how much time I've got. But by the grace of God, it'll be spent in God's house. It'll be spent serving Jesus. It'll be spent making a difference for the kingdom. What about it tonight? Folks are coming. Is there somebody else? If you're here this evening, say, Pastor, I need to be saved. There could be somebody like that here tonight. Preacher, I need to be saved. I don't know that I know that I'm going to heaven. Hey, listen, in just a moment, I'm going to make my way to the main floor. And I'm going to be here for for a moment. And if you're here and you say, Preacher, I need to know. Man, I want to know. I want you to come. And we want to take the Bible and show you how you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. So, Lord, I pray that you'll have your way in this invitation. Lord, I don't think this is a, I don't think this is a depressing sermon. I just think it's realistic. Lord, we understand we've got an appointment. And, Lord, for the child of God, it's going to be a wonderful appointment. But God, help us to be ready. Oh, God, help us to dedicate our lives to the cause of Christ. God, have your way in this invitation. Bless those in the altars. And God, I pray tonight that we'll be the vessels and the servants that you want us to be. Help us tonight, please. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm going to make my way to the main floor just for a moment, okay? And if we can pray with you and help you, we'll be here. You come while we wait. If you're watching our live stream tonight, there's a number on the bottom of your screen right now, 704-327-5662. And if we can pray with you, please call that number. We have some folks waiting by the phone right now. We'd love to pray with you. We want you to receive Christ as your Savior. And so please call that number right now. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Church, you can look up this way. We're going to sing this little chorus, and I felt like it sort of went with uh, the message tonight. Thank God because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Whatever tomorrow holds, I can face it. Amen. I want you to sing it like you mean it tonight. Lift up your voices in worship to the Lord. And we're going to go. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he Because How many think that life's worth the living? Amen. Sing it again. Because he lives.
sing it out, Calvary. I can face tomorrow because he lived. Do you believe that? All fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is Because he lives. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being in the Lord's house tonight.